Welcome to the Forward Focused Flashcast. If you're joining us for the first time, I'm honored that you're here. If you're returning, welcome back. At Forward Focused, we have episodes designed to help you be a better and more well-rounded leader with quick tips that you can implement right away in your life and in your business. In today's conversation, I want to have a dialogue around the path to build wealth and freedom through your business or through your job. Today, I want to give you four areas to consider for you to actually build sustainable growth and momentum towards that financial freedom and time freedom that you so deserve. So let's dive in. What I want you to picture here is a quadrant, a square with four little squares within it, right? And so top left, you have something called I do, bottom left, we do, top right, they do, and then bottom right, theirs. And so let's let's define this and set this up because this is this can be a difficult concept to grasp if we move too quickly. So the first thing I want to say is defining freedom as like schedule freedom, right? Time freedom for you to choose to spend your time where you want it. It doesn't mean that you're retired. It doesn't mean that you only work X number of hours a week. It means that you have the freedom to build the schedule that you desire for wherever you are in life. So I want to define that. And then two, I want to define your wealth or being wealthy as your net worth, right? Which is just assets minus your debt. So on paper, what are you worth? And keep in mind while we're having this conversation, at any point, if you're in an entrepreneurial world or whether you get a side hustle from your nine to five job, you can always build up your cash flow, right? You can always increase the amount of cash that you're bringing in each and every week, each and every month into your world. I want you to think about what your top producing dollar activity is right now. Is it your job? Is it the business you started? Is it your spouse's income? What is your highest producing activity to earn dollars right now? Now think, imagine if you had a system where that activity was on autopilot. And over time, you could have sustained wealth and freedom while that was still accomplished. And you could go focus your time elsewhere. That's what I'm describing to you through these four quadrants. So there's a lot of nuances and complexities to to this path. My goal is to give you two things to consider under I, two things under we, two things under they, and two things under there. We can definitely dive deeper. And if you want to have a deeper conversation, we're always welcome to have those dialogues at Forward Focus. So here's the keys to succeeding in that first quadrant, the I quadrant top left. So the first thing that you want to consider when you're thinking about the I quadrant, like what I do, right? It's two things. Number one, What is the time that you spend on a dollar producing activity? So I already had you reflect on that, right? Let's say you have a job nine to five and you're working 40 hours a week and you're being paid $20 an hour. That is your time, 40 hours a week, that is netting you a $20 an hour equivalent. So now you know for 40 hours, I return what? Well, every hour is 20 bucks. So 20 times 40 is what I'm netting each week. So that's important to know and have clarity on what you are doing as a person. If you have a side hustle, in addition to that 40 hours for let's say 10 hours a week, and you do, maybe you have a cornhole business and you build cornhole boards, right? 
and you charge $150 per board, two boards is 300 bucks, and it takes you 10 hours to do those two boards from inception to delivery to the client. Well, right there would be 30 bucks an hour. So your time producing activity is 20 bucks an hour in your nine to five, but 30 bucks an hour in your cornhole business. So one, you wanna have an awareness around that. But number two is your skill at persuasion. And the reason why I want you to focus on this is that you could be the best cornhole maker in the country, but if you're not good at providing details and showing potential customers that that's what you're great at, you're never gonna sell cornhole boards. You're never gonna maximize your potential and you're gonna be caught in that nine to five making less per hour because you can't make that jump to build out the hobby into an actual business. So you wanna know your time in dollar producing activity and you wanna know your skill at persuasion. How do you influence others? Do you ask great questions? Are you good at building rapport and connecting with people quickly? Do you truly have an interest to build a relationship with other people? When you begin to do that and you work at that skill, you start to transition from I to we, because naturally people want to be in business with or work with people that they like, that they trust, and that they want to be around more. So to succeed at we, so not just what I'm doing, but now we are doing it together, which helps you get more financial freedom and more time freedom, is two key things. Number one is great hiring. Now, in different coaching sessions I have with different people as they're growing their business, it's so funny. They say, you know, I'm a great salesman. I'm a great entrepreneur. I, I, I'm not a great manager. I don't want to hire people. I don't want to be great at hiring. And that's why so many people get caught at that I and we, that I and we. They never get beyond that because they haven't mastered the skill of hiring somebody better than themselves and letting that talented person just run with it. And so they keep hitting that ceiling of, well, it's just easier if I do it. It's just easier if I get it done because I don't have the time to either find somebody or if I do find them, how do I train them and how do I hold them accountable? I, I don't know how to do that. I've never done that before and I, I just would rather do it myself. If you want to move from I to we, great hiring practices, training, onboarding, accountability, structure, systems, that is necessary. And that's why a lot of folks, as they're moving from I to we, for the first time consider hiring a coach or having an accountability partner or going to conferences to figure out how to do that. Number two, and this is a biggie, is crystal clear expectations. If you have an expectation for somebody in your organization to work eight hours a day and accomplish X number of tasks a week, but they're only available four hours a day, your expectations aren't in aligned with reality of what they can do. So you want to make sure that the time on the task is very clear, that you have deadlines in place for the employees to hit, that you're going to be owning as the person in business with them, how you're going to support them guide them, how available you will be to answer their questions, how available you're going to be to hold them accountable to your expectations. Most people don't have a very clear 30-day, 60-day, and 90-day plan when an employee starts brand new into an organization. Imagine what your world could be, could be and what it could look like if you had that plan and you could slide it across 
someone's uh, desk their very first day of employment or even during the interview process. Again, this is what coaching and conferences and growth can help you do if you feel like you've tried before and you haven't nailed that process. This is what will help you break out from we to now they do, right? And so now I wanna talk to you about two key things to do to move from we are doing it, you remove yourself, and now they are doing it, which is the beauty of business ownership. One, you insanely follow up on those expectations we just talked about. If you are not treating the follow-up of the expectations as your job as the business owner, you'll never consistently have they. They won't know what to do. They will be guessing. And you'll come in, I call it the tornado effect, but watch this. If you're not consistently reviewing expectations and having accountability to have them succeed at their highest level, because when they achieve their goals, you achieve your own, and instead you come flying into the office or flying into a conversation with them, and you're spouting off all these different things that you want done differently or that should be, aren't being done correctly in your world, it's just like a tornado when it hits a town. The tornado comes down, causes mass destruction, and is out. And the residents are looking around going, who's hurt? Who's okay? What's the damage? How do we rebuild? And just when that town starts to recover and rebuild, another tornado comes in. That's what you're doing if you don't have very clear accountability and expectations that you put in front of your people. Don't be the tornado to your future potential. Don't be the tornado to your organization. It's the worst thing that you can do. And then number two, this is part of the regular accountability and expectations. It's based on your ability to push the vision and growth for your company higher. Asking like, well, what would it look like if? So I want to take you back to think about, you know, if the option was to buy clothing at a retail store like JCPenney or Macy's or Nordstrom's sitting in those early rooms at Amazon saying, what would it look like if we could have shoes, pants, shirts, jackets, etc., delivered within two days of an order with free returns? Now, that's a big question to ask 10 to 15 years ago. Today, it's like second nature. Do you think Amazon has grown complacent? Or do you think there's managers and leaders within that company saying to their employees, what would it look like for somebody to buy ice cream and have it delivered cold off of Amazon? That's the idea of always pushing and not becoming complacent, pushing that vision. You got to be careful here. You don't want to be ruthless. You don't want to be unrealistic, but you want to have that inspiration of, of what you could do or what could be accomplished next. And that's how you massively succeed and they are doing it. They are doing it. And now we get to the fourth and final level theirs. This is when so much ownership of the task at hand is clearly articulated and given that creative control becomes theirs. So number one, the person you've moved to theirs has successfully, successfully made it to they. They've helped other people under them do the they section we just talked about. They've hired effective people or a team that's absolutely crushing the goals and they are insane at that follow-up and both personal and professional growth. They have built a team of theys. And this could be a vice president organization, a director in your organization, 
a GM, if you will, that is reporting directly back to the ownership group or the owner and running that team of those. Number two, for somebody to really be a there, meaning it's, again, it's their baby at this point, you keep their vision aligned with yours as the owner at all times. The vision is aligned, not necessarily the way it's done or how it's done, not who's even doing it, right? Because it's theirs. But the ultimate vision of where you're heading toward is always aligned. And so what I want you to hear out of all four of these quadrants, the one constant to true financial and time freedom is by effectively communicating your vision and your goals to the right who, and then empowering that who to take on the tasks, the objects at hand to scale your organization. I, we, they, theirs. That is your path, my friends, to true financial and time freedom. Whenever you keep getting pulled back to the level below, so let's say you're at they and you have that person that you've hired and they're doing it and they're not hitting goals or expectations and you get pulled back to we and then you're back in the role for 60, 90 days, go back and find your weak spot. Go back and ask yourself, what didn't I do effectively at we to prepare us for they? We have to go back and master that because you can bet your farm that your weak spot goes against your natural behavior. At this point, you'll justify not growing uh, past that natural behavior because you have so many other things on your plate and that's just your ceiling and you accept it for what it is. But remember, your level of peace with accepting that failure and that mindset is what's going to stop you from having the breakthrough to have that empire you so deserve. Looking at your weak spots and either leveraging them to the right person or professionally working on yourself to be better in that spot. So maybe it's not a strength, but it's not a weakness. It's just something that you're okay at. That's what's going to help you accomplish and go to that next level. If you found value in today's content, please be sure to subscribe so you never miss a lesson to be the leader that you deserve to be. And until next time, lead on. Thank <laughs> you.